When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 898, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who are, for Josh's sake, washing their hands and wearing their masks when appropriate. Luke, it's too late for me. Hello, my name is Connor Kilpatrick, and hey, it's Josh Flanagan. I'm going to need you to speak quietly and slower. <laughs> if you you don't haven't been mind. on in a while. Yeah. Um, Three I weeks? I mean, like, the no, just two. Just Last two. week it was me and Ryan, the week before it was me and Jim. Yeah, it was the, it's, the, it's the week of, uh, the month of returning heroes. And you <laughs> haven't had a pick of the week in six weeks. You're shitting me. Nope. You, you skipped the entire month. What's funny is that, like, you told me last year that I didn't miss a single show. You didn't. Yeah. And I had the most picks. And I was, I don't know if I told you, like, was so proud of that. <laughs> like, it made me feel, I got such, I was like, all right. Because if, if you know me, like, I, nothing makes me feel better than making sure I'm doing my part. And nothing sure. makes me feel worse than thinking I'm not doing my part. And so when you said that, it was like the fulfillment of the thing that is important to me. That's okay. And You're then, allowed to and get then, sick. And then this year, fuck this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been it's been a while. I'm I'm gonna I'm opening up the things to see exactly when your last pick was, but it was I believe in in um let's see, Josh's last pick was Void Rivals number three. Well, Ford uh, Rebels 4 just came out. I it's know, not... August 20th. That's, that's, uh... So you skipped all of September. We're now in October. Well, okay, I was away one week on purpose. I gave my pick away to guests, and uh, then then I got... Listen, I got I'm not COVID. complaining. I'm just letting you know. It's a fun fact. Is, I'm, it was I'm five, six shows ago was your last pick. Well, the good news is I'm actually not behind on my books. Do you remember how to do it? Do you remember how it works? Okay. I think I can. Just Although this sure. is going to be, this was, I remember last week you said you're, you're missing a good week. And then you were like, you can't do the show. And I was like, yes, I can. And you're like, you can't, which is not no. the first time that that's happened this year. Where I'm always like, I can do it. It's fine. I'm such like a, like a 50s dad, just smoking cigarettes. And I don't smoke. Um, anyway, <clears throat> did we do the, did you do the stuff? Oh, did shit. Sorry. See I was making fun of you, and I forgot how to do the show. Hey, yeah. this is our fanboy pick of the week. Episode, I was just so excited to talk to you. Episode 898. <laughs> I just went right into the banter part. Episode 898, in case I went too fast through that. Every week, one of us picks the book they like the best from the stack of comics. We call it the pick of the week. We're going to talk about that book, other books of the week, the patron pick, answer listener mail if we have time, and here's your spoiler warning. Exercise some caution. Josh, as we said just a few minutes ago, you had the pick this week. Yeah. On a very happy week. I had 21 books. 20 books. <laughs> It wasn't so bad for me, I don't think. It's less. I could count them, but I don't want to open that file. Not a crazy um, week, but okay. You and I haven't been on a show together for a month. Yeah. Is that correct? It's been a while. 
Let's uh, see. Pick of the week show. We did. We've done other things. Yeah, yeah. I just closed the. Of course, I just closed the document. So, yeah. So where are we? Uh, so I, I was reading my books this week, and I went through them all, and I, I kind of you know finished them. I've gotten pretty good about not having to do a mad dash. Um, that's right. one of the things that's you improved my life. And I sort of look at the list after the fact, and it wasn't very obvious to me what I could make the pick. So uh, the pick of the week this week is Action Comics number 1057. When a number's that Superman big, you, month. Should, you should delight in saying it. If a number, I if agree. it's, a, I'm, a, I'm happy about that there are 1,500 or 1,057 issues of Action Comics. And All the reason, Superman of some, some sort. Yeah. Or, or. So what got me there? Um, was at the, at the, I'll tell you right now, the very first uh, two pages. Well, I guess it's, it's sp- two page spreads. So it's technically about five or six pages of this book um, was a scene that A, was delightful. But this is, there's three stories in this. I will be focusing mostly on the main Superman story at the top of the issue by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Rafa Sandoval, Matt Herms on color, and Dave Sharp on letters. I thought we were going to do a deep dive on Superboy's new hair, hairstyle. We're going to talk about it, but it's not going to be. <laughs> okay. it, it will not seem like that conversation goes along with the pick of the week. No, no. This was a great issue. I'm not. I'm glad to hear I, you say that. I loved the main story. We have been hard on this book. A little bit only because of the ridiculous nature of the Superman family. Mm-hmm. Last week's Pick of the Week of Superman number six. That's more of your classic Superman. I love that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better than this book, but this issue, I mean, in the whole, it's better, but this issue was terrific. This, right. this is shown on the cover as a start of a new arc and pick it up. It's a, this is a really terrific uh, All right, main so, story. So, first scene. Uh, I've never seen it before. Basically, um, it's it's done um, under like with a cool style. You see two feet dangling as it looks over the Metropolis skyline. Um, you can kind of tell that one of the the you know Superman's red boots are there, but it's pretty subtle. And he's just having a conversation with the guy. How's work? Well, yeah, it feels good. Hey, you want some chips? You know, sure. They crunch down the chips. The sound effects here of ranch, ranch, ranch. I wanted some ranch, chips. Ranch, ranch, You know. It was just, it was very it grounded things very mm-hmm. much in a way. You know, we talk about keeping Superman on the ground versus Superman in the air. This is Superman on the ground, but way up in the air. Either way, you know, and the guy says, well, you know, how's, you know, being Superman? <laughs> well, what I lo- what I like about it is that yeah. the person is awed by Superman to a certain extent, but it, there is a personal connection. They're talking. And what you find out is that Superman is up here uh, on the high steel and there's a an ex-con. I believe he was a henchman of yeah. some kind. And and Superman had put him in prison. And now he goes to hang out with him. And, and they and the guy sort of talks about his kids. My kid's going through something. He stole some money. You know, and who am I supposed to be? I was a criminal. And they 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 talk about the, their kids. They give dad advice. Now, we've talked about this a lot that like this new era of Superman where he has a kid may not be everybody's favorite. I don't think it's your favorite. But no, I also not. I also do think it it works. Superman as a dad in this context works really well because he's, you know, an, an ideal kind of dad. But at the same time, you get to show him, oh, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm doing whatever. He's got more challenges, whatever. Now, that was John I'm talking about. The fact that he talks about all the different kids he has and his little alien kids that right, they did in Fantastic Four, it's terrible. And they mention it here, and I, I scoot past it because who cares uh, if, if I'm trying to enjoy the thing. And, you know, and he's like, why are you here? Are you checking on me? He's like, no. It's like eating lunch with friends. And you believe it because it's Superman. You want to. 
and and it's not that he's checking up on him to make him make sure that he's not doing anything wrong. He's checking to see that he's okay because that's what Superman does. Because Superman's a fucking dad. He's a top notch dad. Just in great, general, great double page spread. The Rafa Sandoval art is terrific. Mm-hmm. The top panel, which goes across the entire two page spread, is you know on the one side you have Superman and the guy eating lunch out in the girder, kind of like those old nineteen forties photos or twenties mm-hmm. photos you see all the guys building the Empire State Building. That panel made my man bits shrivel up and enter my body because. Sure. Uh, ugh, I can't. I, ugh. I mean, maybe if Superman was there, I'd be okay with it. But I, I just look how far off he had to walk to get there. Yeah. Um, I love the scale between them too. And look, yeah, exactly. Superman's much bigger than he is. And then look at the birds in the foreground. Yeah. Like, there's so much good, and the background is really well rendered. It gives you. It looks like New York. I mean, Josh and I used to work on the 73rd floor of the Empire State yeah. Building, and we had a view south, and that's kind of what the view looked like. I mean, it, you yeah. you saw the yeah. buildings in the for, in the background. You got the outer boroughs and. It's a great, great pa- pa- panel, great page. The, the the button on the scene you said just said, I, I just like eating lunch with my friends. That's all. It's like, oh, that's so good. It's so good. It is. And so based on that, which is a re- just a really good, feel-good Superman thing. And, you know, we, we, did, we did Death of Superman. We did, we're like, I'm in the mode. Superman month, baby. Right. So, and then he goes to work. And most of the rest of the issue is Clark Kent being Clark Kent, the reporter, which we, which, which Philip Kennedy Johnson is blessing us with more of here. And I think it's, it's a real special thing. Oh, not Um, just reporter, Clark Kent podcaster. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was like, does Clark Kent do a podcast? Because, Um, you know, modern, modern papers. And I have a, I have a whole thing about the the planet and how it's portrayed. And I actually, this is a thought that came to me, like, you know, while I was like exercising and my brain shut off and, you know, things pop up in your brain. I don't, and I don't want to bog down the show with it, but a lot, you know, a lot of papers, especially the Times, does a lot of podcasting. And yeah. this, well, it's not specifically called that, and it's much more sca- staged, like a TV interview. They, you know, there are video podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, you know, it, it would make sense for a outlet like the Planet to have this kind of thing. I mean, they wouldn't have a giant <laughs> control room with a, tr- a truck and everything. Yeah, but, um, but I really like that co- that whole scene where he interviews this the terrorist leader was terrific. It was, and so I actually I don't know what what are they called the Blue Earth. I have no remember. the anti alien people that have been in this book. I don't remember their name. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, none of that stuff stuck with me. But it, it doesn't matter. So the leader's coming. There's a conversation about the ethics Blue Earth, of yeah. giving a spotlight to to a terrorist group, and should we do it? And the argument is, well, if we don't, they're going to go to somebody else, and they're not going to do as good of a job. I like those sort of reporter ethics questions because that's, that's what their job is. Is the, that is conversation? To do that. Yeah. Right, but it's in here in a in a, in a real. No, I get it. Way. I, I, they did a good job of backing up yeah. why it is their job to do what they what they're doing. And and the the woman comes in, and you know, like many um, lunatics, uh, you know, she comes across as making a lot of sense. And afterwards, they discuss the fact. And I love how intelligent this is because these are the conversations that I think take place, or I want to, in a perfect Aaron Sorkin world. Is like, if people see it like this, she's going to like we can tell. Because we're, we're learned, and you know, and also that's them making a judgment for other people. We can tell that she's a problem, but if people hear the way she speaks, they're they're going to flock to her, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and where does this put us? And and I like that. So most of this issue is that it's Clark reporting and working with Lois and Jimmy to make that happen. Um, I had this, this this like quick thought as an aside is that. Uh, we complain a lot, a lot of um, sort of when they put normal looking people into books, mm-hmm. but usually in a Superman book, I always know who Lois is just by looking at her. And I don't yeah. know what it is because it's not consistent, but I always know who she is. They they usually do her in a way where she's attractive, but she's never like sexualized very much. Like, right. you know, like, unless they're on a date or something. 
Yeah, but it's just usually like a it's like a really nice line. They 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 it's almost like they respect her a little bit. You know, you always know Jimmy as he's got his red hair, things like that. Um so then you get well, to I, the I really like the scene where, you know, the advanced man for the mm-hmm. character that comes in and says, Just you can get this Jimmy guy out of here and Clint's like, No. He yeah. he's not going anywhere. He's yeah, he is that tough reporter thing, and I, that's yeah. one something that I love about it because um, I don't I don't know if like, that's it's still their job. True. Like oh. they are reporters. Yeah. Like we yeah in this modern comic world where secret identities have been shunted to the side. There was a comic this week where I don't even know if we're talking about it or not. Where someone was talking to someone in their civilian identity. And I was like, do they know who this is? Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> you know, we had the whole thing with Superman's identity getting blown, which was a huge mistake. And now we're back, and it's much better this way. Yeah. And and it, it, oh, yeah. it, I like seeing him be heroic in the guise of a reporter for a Metropolitan Newspaper as much as he is Superman. And that was there nice. Was, it was really great. There's a thing where Lois tells him at the beginning, oh, you know, be direct, screen. you know, not rude, but be direct. It's yeah. rude. And, and you think, well, Does yes, he even know how to be rude? I don't know. Like Superman, like. But he is tough. He knows how to not be a pushover. And like he right. played it perfectly. I just, I really liked how it was written. And I also really like the fact that as we get going, we realize like he can tell if people are lying. And so we get a really cool visualization of him being able to tell when she's lying or not. And, you know, when she says one thing that seems perfectly reasonable, you see his caption, lie, lie. <laughs> she's telling the truth here. And that was great. And then so, you know, because it's Superman comic, you know, at the end, you know, you, you find out the advanced man you know, uh, he's got, seems to have some sort of kryptonite thing going on. They seem to know who he is. Uh, you know, it then seems a big like fight. a Metallo. Yeah. He Hank does seem Henshaw, like Cyborg Superman situation. You know, he's not yeah. Cyborg Superman, but he, right. he attacks, ta- attacks him, flies in the air. They land. And it seems like they're going to try to discredit Superman because the guy right. now looks exactly like Superman. But with glowing green eyes and whatever. Yeah. And it's a great cliffhanger because i don't know what is going on and i don't mean that in a bad way but it's always like here's mongol okay (laughs) this is a different thing and it feels like a threat which is all it needs to do um so i thought that was just a wonderful super that's a full-size issue like is it yeah i was action is a no action's an oversized comic that first story was a full-size story like this would have fit in a regular book so you're not getting shortchanged on the main story because there are two backup stories so back back up stories real quickly. Like we've been we've been talking about these uh, off and on, but you know the Lee Weeks story comes to a conclusion here. You know it was it's written by Dan Jurgens, so I had a very hard time like being too upset. Like it's a great artist and a legendary writer. It was fine. I like parts of it. Other parts I didn't. I lost interest about. towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, I was into it. Then it, it went on seven parts. I think it was probably yeah. too long. Yeah, but it was a lot. I liked looking at it. I mean, it looked really terrific. Yeah. And there was this like like Doombreaker, and I don't know what that is, some sort of offshoot of, of and I was like, oh, you can't use him. We just talked about it. And then I was like, it's Dan Jurgens. He can do what he wants to. That's fine. Uh, you know, it was it was sort of suitably wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it left a left a threat, whatever. Um, then the last uh last story uh is a Superboy Connor, Connor Kent, Kent story. story yeah. Uh and it was awful. It was a um, one shot leading into uh, Superboy's adventures continue in the pages of Superman and the new Speed Force number one. I don't know what that's all about, but well, what it what it, it's funny because the the point of the story is is Connor Kent like sort of going through an existential crisis. And I like against himself things about it. I yeah, did but, not like how these things went about, but I liked, yeah. you know, he 
he's having an identity crisis because he's Superboy, but there's already a Superboy who calls himself Superman. Now there's two Supermen, and does that mean he has to be Superboy forever? And what does that mean for like, like well, he's the, the, like, oh shit, where am I in this world? Now that there's another version of me who's actually you know his son. Right. I may be his clone or his half clone, but I'm not his son. So that was interesting, but kind of. But the thing is that the theme is that this guy is looking around, going, you know, thinking, I don't know the point of me, and I, as a reader, am going, "You're correct. There is no point to you right, right. now. It's not your fault." Yeah, but but like they're exploring this thing when the answer is obvious. He is, uh, he he's he's extempor. He's not. He the point of him is they he's tr- surplus to yes. requirements. They're trying to please all the fans, which is DC's problem is having right. the cake and eating it too. Oh, there's a huge number of, you know, early aughts, young justice character fans, Connor Kent, mm-hmm. Tim Drake, uh, Sandsmark, uh, Cassie Sandsmark, Miss Mar, Miss Martian. They were all in that team, huge number of fans. They were the stars of the young justice cartoon. And when they brought in Jonathan Kent, what did that mean for Connor? What did it mean for all these fans who are huge, you know? And so they brought him back to please those fans and now he's just the other Superboy, and it's the same. You know, it's, it's Duke and Tim. Yeah. And it's just like there's too many things. And earlier I said, like I like the idea of Superman as dad, but like narratively, they are way overdoing that. Like he doesn't. Like there's no need for him to take those two kids from the like that. No, that was bad. That's terrible. I mean, like, and and we're gonna read. Uh, we're gonna talk about another book later where somebody on a whim gave the guy kids. And it's been terrible ever since. Yeah. And- uh, there was a discussion on our patron discord this week about bat, the state of Batman. And, mm-hmm. and, and in a sense, Tony Stark as well. Like if you take away their money because billionaires are not popular in current zeitgeist, what does that mean for the story? Does it add anything to the story? Does it make mm-hmm. it more interesting? If you're going to change the status quo of the character so fundamentally, it better lead to interesting stories. And those have not, because they've done, mm-hmm. they just pretend like it's, they, they're trying to have the cake and eat it too. Again, where Batman is Batman, even though he technically doesn't have any money. And here it's like, what, what do you get out of bringing all these kids back from war world? Has there, has there been anything interesting about that? No. And, what do you and, get about bringing Connor Kent back? I love Connor Kent, but what do you get from it? They haven't done anything interesting with him. This you is get, kind of interesting, but this was only a meta commentary on the fact that he doesn't have a place in the DC universe. It really didn't work for me at all. Like for one thing, he just looks stupid. Well, and yeah, he comes his, downstairs his and he's got like a partially red dyed hair. And I was like, yeah. what? I was like, is this Jonathan? What's happening? It's just, here? it's just, it's, he's, he's completely, he doesn't need to exist. And, and the fact is like, none of these people, you do not need to highlight Superman being part of a big family. And, and because the idea is that the earth is his family. Everyone's his family. And he takes care of it. And so he doesn't like, I don't know, but for some reason, because his world is so big, that I really like the idea that his personal life, his family, is small and compact. Yep. And so that if that's his wife and it's his focused. son and his two parents, yeah. I think that works really well. And the rest of it feels thematically overbearing. Like it just it really doesn't need to be there. And you are exactly right. It gives us nothing. We have not changed, advanced, further understood, matured anything of the Clark Kent character. It's just stuff that's there. There was also, um, I realized that Connor is not a common name. Um, so Superboy and, and Megan who are dating, uh, Megan's Miss Martian, Miss Martian, which is funny, uh, getting a, getting a dumb fight and he flies away mm-hmm. and, uh, she's, she yells to him, Connie, talk to me. And I was like, nope, no <laughs> one, no one has ever 
ever called me Connie. It's not. I guarantee you, there are Irish people in who have with the name Connor who have been called Connie. Possibly, but I've Connie had Mac. a lot of female friends and a lot of girlfriends and Con- Conrad. The the only thing I get I get shortened to is Con, which some some of my old college friends will still do. Um, but that's it. No one in my life has ever now, called me that. Now, I mean, the other thing that I guess bothered me, and I don't really know this we character have to move on that to well. Him. I know we do, and and we we shall. But um, he he was really petulant and like like a like an adolescent or like a fourteen or fifteen year old. Right. And I thought he was older than that. Well, that's the whole. The other thing is, how old are any of these characters that they've trusted? How old is Tim Drake? How old, like Tim Drake mm-hmm. is living on his own in a boat. Like, does that mean he's over eighteen? Like. Yeah. If he's over 18, then, then, then Connor's over 18. He's acting, you're right, like a 14-year-old. It was very, they, they, they went and they messed it up. They had all these great sidekicks and they blew it up by and adding I, and in I, the new and ones. I was, and, and I really took it personally. And I'm a dad, so I have a big thing about, like, you you know, don't be disrespectful to your mom. And I don't mean in that, like, don't talk to her like that, but appreciate her or whatever. And the way that he's talking to Ma Kent is... She's a saint. I, She's a goddamn saint. I'm, I know. Her and, her and Dorothy Mantooth. And it's... It's wrong, and it really bothered me. And maybe that's enough for me to be like, I didn't like this this story because of that. That's anyway, I have no qualms about that issue as pick of the week. Um, I thought that main story was just everything that I would want out of a Superman story, uh, and it was beautiful, and it was well-written. But Philip Kennedy Johnson, I think, is a gigantic and interesting talent, uh, and I love seeing his name on stuff. Even if I don't love everything he does, at least I know, uh, you know he, he's putting in the effort. It's worth the time. Did they drop the... Legacy numbering off of Avengers, or has it not been on this particular series? I, I don't know, but I looked. I saw that you didn't change it, and yeah. I was looking for it, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not there." I could probably do the math, but I don't care to that. Uh, Avengers much. number five, Jed McKay, Yvonne Fiorelli. This is that. St- I'm enjoying this book. This is this is kind of what I want the Avengers to be. Mm-hmm. However, I don't find the villains all that compelling. Although I did laugh quite a bit at at um, the Ennui Lord Ennui because he was yeah. being very very Ennui. Um, I don't care, but, <laughs> but the, you know what? You're the most interesting person I've talked to today. So I guess that's something, <laughs> but the rest of it is kind of like, they're kind of, I think we said this before. They're kind of knockoffs of those characters from the Avengers movies. Yes. And but. I don't know what they want and it's fine. It's fine. I'm enjoying it, but it's like, I'm waiting for the next arc because I'm not super invested in what's happening. That's all. That's okay. Now I'm going to contradict you. That's fine. Uh, and it is this, I finished this issue and as I was reading it, I thought I actually feel, and, and you're right. Like they are completely, uh, reminiscent of, 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 uh, Ebony Maw and yeah, all whoever those and whatever, whatever those, that, I think Thanos is people. Yeah. But they were Hickman characters in his adventures run. Right. 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 Um, but as I read through this thing, I felt a genuine sense of threat. A, they are, they remind you, but they are new characters. So we'll just call them that. Um, they, like, I feel like, however it was written, Jed McKay, very similar to Philip Kennedy Johnson in my mind. You know, like, he, he just, he brings uh, the right kind of... This is uh, a different artist this has been, than it's been in yeah, this yeah, book. Yeah. Um, and, and, but, you know, oh, as okay. I watched it, like, as I read it, I just thought, you know, like, I feel like... It feels like there's a chance they could lose this thing. And then the other thing I thought was, I am, and I hate to say this and I'm sorry, but I'm so much more interested in what is going on in this story right now than I was at almost any point during the last arc. Of no, it's time. true. I, and I, 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 we always, we talked a lot about that Jason Aaron mm-hmm. run, which went on for like 10 Just. years, felt like, um, maybe it did. It's, I, for whatever reason, it didn't work. And I'm, this has been working. I'm, the test will be, yes. 
what happens when the fighting stops. Like, right. when you need to have that interpersonal stuff back at the base. You need to have them as a yeah, th- and, and they're family. all separated in this. So, like, let's see them back at wherever their base is. Let's see them in between missions. Let's see how they deal with stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that doesn't involve just punching. I'm, 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 this has been totally fun, but I, that's the test for me is how is he going to handle all that stuff? So if I'm going to comment on the art by Ivan mm-hmm. uh, uh, or Ivan Fiorelli, my first instinct when I start to look at some of the individual panels and some of the faces, I think this isn't very good. Yeah. And then as I flip through it and I look at it, I pull back a little bit and I look at it from a storytelling, action, adventure, melodrama standpoint. And I was like, there's actually some really good stuff here. So I don't necessarily like the way that they drew Sam Wilson's face. But as I go through the rest of it, there's a lot of stuff that's good, too. No, there's some really dynamic, interesting yeah. layouts. Six, page 16, where the the villain webs I mean, I was, up yeah, vi- vision right with her it. tentacles. is really awesome. And it's like overdramatic on that next yeah. page. And you look at the worry on Carol's face. Doesn't, like, vision, fa- doesn't he turn intangible? Dude. She's, right, she's, she's better than him. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> I just kept thinking no. that when they were beating on him. I was like, can he? Like, like, if you look at Carol's face on the next couple of pages, like, she's worried. Yeah. Like, she's, and and you, I don't know. I was like, I don't see this very often. We're like, they're worried. Their whole thing is to not be worried. You know, we're the Avengers. We don't, well, she's, we don't she's, quit. She's around Lord Ennui. She's got the Ennui. Yeah, that's true. I just, I thought there were a lot of things that were really good about it. And then the thing that stood out to me most was, I was like, I, I really want to know. I really, I'm into this. Yeah. Like, I, I care what happens. I feel like there, it's, I was like, this is supposed to, it's supposed to, and it feels big. Like, the, and then the idea of the, I, I, the city, there's a lot of things that are borrowed. There's a lot of, um, uh, oh shit, um, authority in this, I feel mm-hmm. like, um, you know, and there's the, there's the city and it is sentient. Uh, and he's like, I, I can't, I can't take actions against my, my masters. And he's talking to Black Panther and, and Falcon or Captain, whoever the hell he is. Um, he's, he's Falcon. It's, it's, yep. if I say Captain Mary, you're going to be confused. So it's fucking Falcon. Sorry. Yep. Um, and, you know, and, and I was like, that's, that's awesome. That is such a perfect sci fi trope. You know, the most powerful, like sentient city thing that, that the bad guys right. came with. You know, it's, he's got a deeper story too. And, and they're not trying to be, and they're also not being, uh, McKay's not wasting much time. He's just telling you the things you need to know so we can move along. It's a very good way of presenting a story like this instead of trying to be too fancy or too circumspect. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. I, and I, I thought, wow, oh, that's a, that's a good Avengers issue. And, and unfortunately that felt uh, a little rare. And, and listen, the other thing is I think that our expectations for a Jason Aaron run Avengers uh, run were were very high and it kind of was like it, again it wasn't bad it just wasn't what either of us wanted i think oh for sure maybe it was bad i don't know i'm trying to make up because i don't want to say that that one of my favorite writers did a long run on something i didn't love but I, I didn't you know for whatever reason we've explored it a lot i don't come up with an answer i find the penguin book fascinating so this is issue two issue one was pick of the week this is tom king and rafael de la torre and so you know we talked about it last time we had characters from that um, Jason, not Jason Aaron, Tom King, Batman miniseries, the one they put out, you know, when the Batman movie came out featuring Catwoman and Riddler and Penguin. And uh, this is like a weird little Tom King Batman corner that he's doing. This is full on sequel to that book with the, the help has a, returned here. He was help with, is a great new character, a great character from that book. We learn a lot about him. We mm-hmm. learn he's Raza Ghul's son. 
which oh, I missed that. Yeah, his, his, he said his father. He's he's ninety two. His father's even older. His father. He says that my father's addicted to those pits, mm-hmm. and so that's the implication. He's Razor. I just see. Yeah, I just th- I, I remember reading that, but I just thought, oh, it's one of those Lazarus planets. It's everywhere now. So who knows? And this was basically an entire issue set in the Help's house. The penguin comes to him and says, "I want to come back. I want to take Gotham back. I need your help." And he says, "Sorry, I'm retired. I'm 92. I want to get. I want to rest." And so the penguin proceeds to slowly murder all 28 of his uh, which, staff, which you knew was going to ha- like. Oh, the yeah. penguin here is going to come. He's going to get what he wants, and it's going to be impressive because it's so easy to write the character off, you know, because he's been a cartoon for such a long time, and every and then, but it's sort of been understood like he is a badass. But this story seems to be the thing that's like, no, no, we're going to show you why that's true. And I like the structure of a lot of it being narrated by the staff itself, mm-hmm. right? Because they they had no respect for the penguin. He smells bad. He's uncouth. I had a lot of fun with it. What's interesting also is that at least on these comicsology books, you know, when you tap on the page to to make it small so you can you know slide your way through it, it shows you the name of the book on top and the number. On a miniseries, it says you know two of five. Mm-hmm. This just says two. Yeah. So. Is this an ongoing Penguin book? <laughs> I don't know. Should Is it be. a twelve issue Penguin book? Like it's interesting. Well, That's interesting to me. I, I and then just just to finish it off as a sort of one issue story that was part of another one. This story could stand on its own. Um, I really, I thought that the resolution for the help was really strong mm-hmm. in what the Penguin was trying to prove to him. And at the end, you see that he has proved his point, and it was not because he scared him it was not because he beat him up it was that he's like you're not being yourself here right and you need to remember who you are and then he does and it's it's almost not like the penguin beat him it was more like the penguin showed him the truth and he was like yeah that is right he slapped him slapped him in the face and said you got to be a man yeah i traditionally don't really like books where the protagonist is a bad guy there are exceptions. I, you know, I like that Doom book a lot. We like that Kang book a lot. But for the most part, I don't really enjoy those kind of books. But this is interesting. I, mean, I realize a lot of it's Tom King writing it. But you know, I don't want to read this for probably 25 issues. But you know, whatever this short story is of getting the Penguin back into place is interesting right now. And the Penguin straddles enough. I mean, he's a bad guy. Let's not <laughs> mince words. But he's not the Joker. You know, he does have kind, some redeeming kind of qualities here. Too, too. Yeah, but but he just murdered 28 people for oh, no reason. I'm just saying, he's a bad guy. Totally. <laughs> he's just a run of flower shops. You, you're, have... you're, wa- you're walking it back a little. I'm just saying, he's not the, he's not the Joker. You know, I wouldn't... 28 re- people for no reason. Read a book. <laughs> well, murdered brutally and then set up. He do did we know it. they were good people? We don't know they were good people. It doesn't matter. They didn't do anything to him. <laughs> and then he, he, he arranged their corpses. He it's dragged true. their bloody bodies around. He's... He's pretty bad. I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I feel like this is, this is one of those situations where I think I have been on the other side of this conversation, and you've said things like that, and I was like, yeah, you're right. No, you're, so you're I not feel wrong. Good. I'm just saying I yeah. don't traditionally read those books, but Tom King's the interesting part, and the, the sequel to that Batman Killing Time, was that the book? Mm-hmm. Uh, was interesting, which means we're also in this book's continuity. Twice. Um um, I mean, my 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 overall thought about it is that I think it's really good and it's really smart and it's really well done, and I appreciate it as a piece of work. I don't particularly enjoy it that much, mm-hmm. if that 
if that sort of carries. Like I, I can be impressed enough by the craft and going through it and seeing the thought, but I kind of ultimately don't really care about the character or whatever. Yeah, no, I'm reading. I know absolutely. And, and like at first, I was like, I don't really know if I want to read this. And then I was like, that is very impressive. But it wasn't like, oh man, I love it. I can't wait to read more. It, it because it's a fucking bummer. You know what I can't wait to read more of is the Invincible Iron Man six sixty. This shit's crazy. Everything that's happening in X. Everything that's happening in X Men. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter as long as this book gets to happen. Uh, Iron Man's been on a terrific run. Yes. We After have we had several runs that have been terrific. This one is no exception. This one is for X. You know, we, I talked about this Iron Man. I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't have the fall of X logo on it because it's firmly in the X Men story. Mm. It's the other half of the X Men book cover. The the, the X Men cover was was uh, uh, Emma Frost holding his hand in the, at the chapel with the X Men on her side. Um, so here we see. Well, there's a lot going on in this book. It's it's tied very much into the X Men story. But it's also continuing what's been going on with with Rhodey and all the things with Phalong, you know, taking his company. Because again, we can't have our heroes be, be rich anymore. Um, I loved this issue. I, there, was just, there were several comics this week I loved. This was one of them. So, I'm going to make a couple a couple of brief statements about what it is that I really appreciated about this. Then, mm-hmm. you, then you take whatever, and we can we can move along. Sure. Um, the, my first statement is that um, it really is. You can tell how intricately. And and it it was plotted and in advance. Oh sure, Jerry like Duggan's this was a story that was put together, and and just like the me- machinations of the first scene uh, with Rhodey being handed a phone. He's like, "What's this?" Rhodey's worried about it. He makes the call. Tony Stark is on the other side of it. You learn it wasn't him. Rhodey looks up. The bad guys are kind of come after him. Rhodey's in prison, him. right? And we'd- he's been smuggled a phone by a guard, and he's like, "You got a call from your buddy." He takes the phone, Stark, Stark at the Hellfire Club because he's now the Black King, which is terrific. And he and then, says, and then, you know, what did you want? No, what did you want? I didn't call you. You called me. I called you. And it was like, oh, shit, we're being set up here. And that was a great little twist. But then several things get kicked into motion yes. all at the same yep. time. And I was like, oh, that's beautiful. And so then the second thing is that uh, there are marriages in these books. All of a sudden, some characters who were not together suddenly are. I think most um, – the first thing that comes to mind in terms of that is not being sort of a natural thing was when Black Panther married Storm out right. of nowhere for no reason, and all of a sudden they're in love. And I was it like, did Ugh. give us bad roommate Black Panther though. It is- did, but but it, that barely lives anymore, and it didn't really <laughs> didn't go on for long enough. No, anyway, when was, when was the last time that was referenced ever? Anywhere? It was a very I guess long it was time. at one of the. Um, it was in a Fantastic Four issue. I remember that much. No, but also at one of the uh, X Men Gallus. They oh. had, one, like one, maybe the first one, like they 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 were he was at the party and they 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 referenced that they were exes, but that was it. So yeah, so like that was really cheesy. So when in this you see that they're going to get married and and, and you're watching Emma them and together, yeah, and you're watching them together the whole time, and and it, it, there's there's an element of will they or won't they? But you're like, I don't see it. What is going on here? And then it turns out that they end up getting married because of some really dumb Three's Company. It's shit. a Three's Company op- episode. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was and great. So. so so that happens, and like they are both very clearly not into each other, and of course they are going to be at some point for some amount of time, whatever. Yeah. You know, so I thought that that was defying expectations in a really fun way, and then you know them working together. I really liked the the scenes, you know, where they they had to fool Phalong yes. and, and do the whole deal. There's a lot in this issue. Like, it was we very got packed. a lot for it. Yeah, um, it was just impressive, and it was not what I expected. And it's I an impressive. I mean, I really wish you'd also read X Men because this is like the companion book to X Men. Oh, good. I, am. I forgot. I forgot. 
the the inter it's been a while since we've had two books like that have such strong interplay i mean it's the same writer but they they are companion books in every sense of the word they made that happen in a way that works really well and they even they even overlapped the scene where fei long walks in on them and he thinks tony's proposing when tony's just picking up her ring that she dropped uh that was that was also in x-men um so and then you know the whole vegas thing and the heist and they're, even though they're uh, will they or won't they, we hate each other, but do we uh, couple, they really work well together from a mm-hmm. crime fighting standpoint. And, and uh, yeah, and they respect each other and they're, they're different and they're going to do this stupid fucking DC metal shit. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Like Mysterium. The rest of it, Mysterium. Eat, eat my balls. It, it, it was just very, very good. I really, I had really fun. It was like a fun classic Marvel comic where so, you had the Sandman, you had, yeah, you know, yeah, Living yeah. Laser. You had all these characters coming in from all these different families of books uh, being part of the story. It was super awesome. So on the last page of the book, uh, it's uh, it's like a picture of the next cover. It says up next. And up in the corner, there's a little uh, like white circle with an X in it. Uh. Three times I have tried to close that. <laughs> <laughs> like every time I get to the you know, like just now I tapped it again. I was like, what's going on? And I was like, it's not an exit application button. It has gotten me. It doesn't even look like one, but it's a circle with an X in the corner. And to me, that means you can use it to close things. You're like the opposite of a toddler. They hand an iPad to <laughs> intuitively use it like an expert. You're just like, why won't this close? I have little shortcuts in my brain and it tells me to close that. Void Rivals, number four, the Robert Kirkman Inner John Universe book. Is that right? Is that what it's called? Anyway, it's a book that takes place with it amongst Transformers and G.I. Joe. Uh, it took me a minute because it's a monthly book and there's a lot going on in my brain to remember mm-hmm. the intricacies of everyone's just little head drool. Like, what did it mean mm-hmm. when the guy took off his helmet? I was, supposed to, was I supposed to gasp because he was the other race? I, I couldn't remember that part. However, mm-hmm. Shockwave. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out at, at uh in Cybertron with not shit going on. Um Yeah, I didn't put this on the list this week, but you did. And I was like, yeah, there's definitely things to talk about. There's definitely one of I my mean, favorite he, Good. One of my favorite beats in this book was that, you know, he's like, What are you doing? I thought we were friends. And she's like, We weren't friends. We're more like rivals. And I was like, ooh, title. But I also thought like that made sense. They weren't friends. There, it wasn't a yeah. romance thing. Like he no. wanted them to be friends. It's just a thing that happened. And so, uh, and then of course, like probably the most interesting thing is book is at the end is that we cut and we see you know a huge spaceship has been wedged into a mountain and it looks different. And then I was like, what is this? Where are we? He says Spike, and I think oh, Spike. That's the that's the cartoon boy. Uh, also, you're looking at the Shadow preview Wolf. for Transformers. I know, but I didn't know it was there. I didn't know what it was because. Uh, the end of the issue, I don't think was, was terrible. Yeah, it was, there was four pages of, of letters and then it went to the Transformers preview. Right. I know. I know. I just, I just, uh, I got all excited about that is my point. I'm I'm I'm, I'm avoiding them. Transformers. Yeah, I'm avoiding that because I don't want to read any previews. Anyway, this was the book. We said it before. The two, the two alien race people crashed, landed on a planet. They had to work together to survive. They hate each other. They, we, we find out, you know, when they finally take their helmets off that they're, they're basically the same. They just have different shaped jewels on their foreheads it's the classic star trek thing and in this issue uh the the female alien i don't remember her name you know captures the male alien takes them back to her planet and now they've got it we just call them julie and steve i'm fine (laughs) with that if you are (laughs) now they've got them they've got him uh you know in prison and her you know the, the king or whatever he's all happy about it and 
we, then we have a brief interlude on um, Cybertron, where the character we'd seen before, who was who helped them out, has shown up Water. on Cybertron to try to yeah to try to uh, bargain uh, trade an alien for some energy. But Cybertron's got an energy problem, and most of the Decepticons are in hibernation because of it. And so he's like, get out of here. We don't even have any energy for ourselves, let alone for you. I'm telling, I'm telling you, this inflation thing really is out of control. It's, it's, it's spreading everywhere. I mean. But then the most interesting thing is that we've got sort of a New Gods situation here where the the king of the Triangle people is in communication with the king of the, what shape is his jewel? Julie people. Anyway, it's basically Darkseid and Highfather. Mm-hmm. The guy even looks a little bit like Darkseid. Um, and so they're in sort of a secret back-channel communication. They're, what is it, an octagon? I don't know. Yeah. It's so, like a Superman like symbol and then a little... Uh, it's a triangle symbol and an octagon. So, it's, no, it's uh, literally a Superman symbol. It's got the little... Yeah, you're right. It is Superman corners. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I think what's it's fun. It's a fun sci-fi story. They really haven't really delved into it. It also gives me that feeling of Invincible, even though it isn't at all like Invincible. It also feels kind of like Invincible, if that makes sense. Um, in terms of the way Kirkman writes aliens and alien races and things. So I liked it. Now, I had a good laugh this week because we were um, talking on Slack about, you know, preliminarily talking about the rundown of the show because we do that over email. But you were like, uh, these books are out. I don't want to talk about these books. And you said, I'm dropping the Batman, the Brave and the Bold because I hate it. And I started laughing because this was my pick of the week. I didn't say I hate it. I didn't. Well, I just that was said, my implication. My, well, what that I was said was sort of like what I was saying about Penguin. Like, it's fine. I just kind of don't care. But go on. That was on. the implication, Josh. That was the implication. No, the, 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 wait, are you going to hurt these ones? <laughs> so, Batman, the Brave and the Bold is by far my pick of the week. Number five. Um, I don't know. How, I, I thought this All was like a uh, no, I, I, I've, I have not read any of the middle stories in any of the issues. Stormwatch, okay. The Stormwatch and the Outsider stories I've skipped every time. The first story and the last story were the reason why I was pick of the week. Mm-hmm. This is part three of the Tom King, Mitch Garrett's uh, Batman Joker story, which I guess they skipped two issues. I don't remember that happening, but I thought it was over. And they, they went two issues with that and now it's back. Uh, they're still retelling the first issue of Batman over the course of a much longer set of pages in which the, the Joker is killing people uh, that he says he's going to kill. He announces he's going to kill them, and they end up dying anyway. They kind of did that in the Batman. Larry Bird used to do the same thing. <laughs> they kind of did it a little bit in the Dark Knight movie where he, he announced he's going to kill the mayor and the police chief and the judge, and he does it. Um, I just love this version of the Joker who is this like, apparition. Like mm-hmm. He can get into places he shouldn't be able to get into. He sort of appears in the back, the back of cars. I loved the bit where he's pretending to be the police chief that he's already killed. He's wearing a fake mustache. Like it's so silly, but also really Scary. dark and demented the way they portray yeah. him. I really like this is a young Batman portrayed by John Hamm who does not know his limitations yet. He keeps trying to go out there, even though he got really badly hurt in the last story. And, you know, he's, he's so hurt that even Alfred can take him out. Like he just can't function. He goes out in his suit and he just, collapses in front of gordon like i, I every mm. every element of this story i love i love the tech gordon I, I love alfred it made me really miss alfred it made me really angry that alfred's still not around in the main book um i love young bet bruce i love this create this creepy joker like everything about it is terrific now skip over Stormwatch because no one cares and skip over <laughs> this version of the outsiders no one cares 
Uh, and you get to the final story written by Ed Brisson, drawn by Jorge Fornes, who was Tom King's other partner mm-hmm. in crime, who's doing a, doing his full-on Mazzucchelli style here. Mm-hmm. And this story I loved so much, and it made me so sad in, in equal measure, because it was simply Batman investigating a series of murders related to this interesting group of people who dress up like angels and stand in Gotham with signs saying, Josh Flanagan was murdered here in December, you know, December 12th, 1984. And no one has found his killer. Like reminding people that people are dying in Gotham and no one does anything. You said that. And I was like, did I get name checked? I don't even know it. <laughs> no, I'm just throwing but a then, name uh, out there. But, well, it's not like it's unrealistic. Right. Um, but then yeah. it's just, it's just a straight up Batman solving a murder, making Gotham a slightly better place. And they used to tell these stories in the main comics all the time. And they don't anymore because it's all about shaking Batman to his core destroying his life making it so batman will never be the same again they just won't tell these kind of stories in the main books anymore and it's the best kind of story to do you me. remember that amazing run of detective by paul dini yes where just every issue was a detective story had nothing to do just a single one-shot detective batman story. adventure yeah they used to do this so all good. the time this used to t- tell some of the most amazing heartfelt uh, emotional stories just in these small quiet moments in gotham and because we have to constantly shake Bruce Wayne to his foundations, we can't do that anymore. And so it happens in books like this. And I thought this was really a smart, well-written short story from Ed Brisson. It features Colin Farrell's Penguin. And um, I thought it was great. And I love the I love the Tom King story. I love the story. It would have been my pick of the week. If I, if, if so I think that, and I know that like, we were on forever, but now we have other thoughts, um, is that I think Ed Brisson is a guy who has been around for a while. He came up through image and then he sort of mm-hmm. doing stuff. I think he's really good. And I don't think that he's been given the platform yet. I think he, I, I, I find myself enjoying his stuff and not realizing it. You know, he's not, he's right. not a name I think of. Like when I right. see his name, I don't get excited, but then when I finish it, I usually go, oh, that was pretty good. And then but I, I just don't think he's given the opportunity in mainstream jobs that he's had so far to really like stretch his wings and go, you know what? Put him on detective comics. Cause that book's unreadable. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, I mean, he's not a big name. He's not necessarily going to pull people in, but guess what? No names do, so it doesn't matter. True. Guess what? I read Usagi Jimbo. Nice. Ice and Snow number one. Uh, wait, we whoa, see... whoa, 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 whoa. Yes? They are also partaking. This is Usagi Jimbo 270. Oh. Colon. Yeah, but they've... Ice and they've, Snow number one. They've phrased them as little mini series. I know, but I'm just actually. saying, they have it on the cover. U- UI yep. number 270. So... Back at Dark Horse. Whatever, listen, whatever Stan wants to do. But yeah, that's the thing. They're back at Dark Horse. They spent a little while over at IDW. He lists in the back all the different people who has published it, and he's been doing it for 40 years. And uh, I just wanted this, like, it. I was really, for a while at IDW, we were getting two a month because they were doing reprints of old ones and right. new stories. And I just was, yeah, we have talked, we talked about it. Like, I, was, I just enjoy them. This, there's nothing, there's no, I just enjoy them. And, and I'm so glad they get to keep going. And I'm so glad that Stan Sakai is able to and wants to and he's just this is the thing i do and i'm here for it 100 percent. and so I, it, it's amazing that do he it? still has the ideas you know mm-hmm. like i mean i haven't you've read a lot of saga jimbo i've read a, a relative minuscule amount but 40 years of telling this these stories of it's basically like the wandering samurai story just there's you would think there's a ceiling on that, but apparently not. And this is a continued story. Like this continues from where they left off in the right. IDW book. It doesn't matter. You could pick it up and read it. You could pick up issue number four. No, I did it just fine. Matter. I read it just fine. It yeah, great. exactly. Um, so it's just I'm you know celebrating. That's back. It looked great. And the col- I thought the colors were really yeah. nice. Yeah, that's the difference now is that it's in color. 
And I don't think it needs to be, but it did look good. It doesn't Hi-Fi need to be, high. but it looks good. Hi-Fi design, whoever that is. Is Hi-Fi design a person? I think it's an AI program. No, Hi-Fi's been, so. been around since it's, the it's, 90s. Hi-Fi was a very ahead-of-its-time AI coloring program. That's what I think. <laughs> hey, those are the books we wanted to talk about, but at patreon.com slash ifanboy, the patrons, every single one of those beautiful bastards gets to vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, in a squeaker, by one vote, the winner was The Flash, 801. Or number one of the new arc, written by Cy Spurrier with art by Mike Deodata Jr., Trish Mulville on colors, and Hassan Otsman Malahu on letters. And I think this is the first time I've seen. Is it the first time we've seen Mike Deodata do DC? I, he's been at uh, AWA for a while. I think right, he was at Marvel for a decade. He might plus. he might be over there? I don't know. know. I don't know. Maybe. But Maybe like he did a, of, I mean, he might have done like an anniversary yeah, comp, like a yeah, six like page or something, but yeah, like as a full on story, this was an oversized it's, issue. I think the first time Cy Spurrier has been headlining one of the main books at DC. I can't for sure. remember. I mean, we're not talking about Constantine or Hellblazer or anything, but like <laughs> like a superhero. Man, that guy, that guy has been at it for years. You got to respect that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So. Um, I've read a lot of bad comics. This is not a bad comic. I did not like it. That is very similar to my thesis. As I read it, there were a great number of things that I thought were very good and very impressive. I said, this art is pretty cool. And it's got, he went with a design thing. I like and the I went, art. Oh, Mike Diodato. That's really interesting. He's really become able to do more subtle things over the years at first he was very bombastic and over the top and that was his deal but he's definitely been able to there were actually things in the lettering uh by atzmani Ahau that i hadn't seen like he's doing like it's a little bit experimental and in a flash mm-hmm. number one book like there were no outlines on the word bubbles they were just different i thought oh wow there's actually stylistic lettering in this i never see that i think uh, as i read it there was a lot going on and it was very Clearly, um, I, I knew what was happening in a pretty dense plot, yep. and um, I thought it was well told and executed, uh, and I did not like it or care at all. <laughs> and and I, I don't mean no. Like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I, you and I are on the exactly, same exact page. Yeah. Uh, our brains are becoming one as we do this for 18 years. I recognize the craft. I liked the art. I've always been a Mike Data fan. Yeah, I haven't. And I was a little. I was a little skeptical when I, when they see was doing Flash, but I thought he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. I think his flash is really w- well done. I think it was interesting that they did this crazy panel layout situation where the panel sort of went off the page. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, am I missing a double page spread here? Because they went yeah, up the they the went same. up the top of the page. They went down the bottom of the page. They went to the side. Very interesting. It sort of gave you this sense of chaos on the page, which I think, you know, I, and I should complain that about thing. that because it should be clear, but I did like, I was like, I get it. I think this was on purpose. And I, and it's also it. like for a flash comic, it kind of makes sense. It should be sort of chaotic. Um, but. I liked a little bit like the flat, you know, Gorilla Grodd and his minions are showing up and doing stuff in Keystone and, and, or is that where they are? The essential city. I don't remember where they are, but, uh, you know, that stuff was okay. The, the part where Wally's still as working with Mr. Terrific as an engineer, why is he an engineer in a lab wearing a suit? I'm not sure. Like he, he, he can wear the suit, but he, he should probably change in like coverall or something. But something's not going to get messed up when he's working on whatever machines he's building. I was like, why is he walking around in the suit with the guys in the lab coats? It just didn't make any sense. Um, I hated every moment of everything to do with the family. 
Oh, yeah. Which was a lot of the book. And if I have to, and if I have to complain about Diodato at all, it's just, I was like, how fucking old are these kids? Well, that because was also the conversation, true. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. These kids look like they're 16 now. How old is Wally? Like, right. It, it but all falls in apart. the first scene that they were in, yeah, but Speed Force, who gives a shit? They shouldn't have kids for in, this very reason. In the first scene that they're in, uh, th- th- like they're off in the distance and it's like the, it's like the, uh, the Incredibles. Like they were like, put your sister down, do this. And I was like, oh, because yeah. so they're four. Right. And then they show them and they're supposed to be in high school, but they look like they're 30. Right. And, right. and, and like, like I, I cannot, I didn't like, I don't like the, like the, the very core of the premise of this story and this interpretation of Wally West is terrible. Yeah. And also I, I remember saying this at the time in the last arc when they gave, all the kids' powers. They gave Linda powers. Like this is this is a bad road to go down. And now you've got I, sad breastfeeding Linda who is left out of the fun because she no longer has her powers. And I was just like, I. And Wally's not paying attention to her. Doesn't realize she's sad. Yeah, I mean, like he's like a dumbass now. Like yeah. his kids are old. He he's been a superhero forever. Like he's not a dumbass. Don't hey, treat he's him getting like no a respect sad sack from. Cat. He was getting no respect from Mr. Terrific. I'm like, he's one of the original heroes. Yes. You know, he should be as respected as Dick Grayson is. Because he's been around that long, but he's treated like an idiot. He, all those original Titans should be equally respected. Maybe Dick Moore, because he was he had to put up with Batman and he's been around since 1930, 1940. But um, Yeah, but Wally's, Wally's but Wally right be just there. behind him in terms of people respecting him as the Flash. That's why it was such a big deal when he became the Flash after Crisis, because everyone respected him. Mm-hmm. And here he's just kind of treated like a dumb old dolt. I didn't like any of the pl- and it wasn't because there was a problem with the plotting. It's no. not that. It's that the like basic premise. Yeah. I just thought it was wrong the, the whole time. And it was really like it was a weird, jarring feeling to be reading him. It's normally like, I'm not a huge Cy Spurrier fan all the time. He's definitely done things that I really like. But sometimes he gets a little up his own ass, just to not be technical about it. But, but it's also, this is not his, this is some, these are problems that have been laid well before he showed up on this book. Sure. But and the, so then the other part is like, Whatever the fuck has been going on with the Speed Force for years. Oh, yeah. I'm sick of it. The Speed Force is broken. It's like all they do now is the Flash. I know. It's the same as Thor doesn't want to be the thing. The Speed Force is broken. We're not. Stop talking about the fucking Speed Force. Can we accept that there is a Speed Force, period, end of story? Yeah. It's like every story, every story for the last 10 years has been breaking Bruce Wayne. And now every story about Wally West is the Speed Force is broken. And it's just like, like, just tell a story. Don't, don't, don't reinvent the wheel every time. Tell a story, give these people problems yeah. that cannot be solved with the powers that they have, which we have accepted as a given. You know what I mean? Like, like the problem that the story, I mean, you can do it. People can do whatever they want. They're going to try all sorts of things. Everything's been done. But it seems to me like the stories that work best are when you give these people problems that are comparable to or equal to normal people problems, even though they have these incredible powers. And but also, the more you look behind the curtain, the more you you see you see apart. Mr. Oz. You don't see you know the great and, and powerful they, Oz. They're in this like cycle of then trying to dig their way out of and reason their way. Well, we can't get rid of the kids now. Yes, you can. You can get rid of the kids in this. You can get rid of Superman's family. The other thing, just fucking do it. Just yeah. pull the switch. Whatever. What's don't really funny is when they were first originally. When they originally introduced, I think it was Mark Wade did it way back. Mark his, Wade did this to us in his second run. Terrible run on, then. It was a bad run on Flash. We have to be fair. His his original run on Flash was legendary. His second run on Flash was bad. He introduced the kids. I don't know any real life human being that likes the kids. I'm sure they're out there, but then they got rid of them. They got rid of them. It worked, back. and then they brought them back. Ugh. 
Terrible. It's terrible. Terrible. The test it makes the Flash movie look brilliant. Like, it's just. It was on TV the other like, day, and I turned it on for five minutes, and I was like, uh, "It was a bad scene." How do you get? The, uh, I just, I just like, how do you get the Flash so wrong? It really like was there anything fun about this at all? I don't need to see a story about a sad sack guy who has to go to work and he's not sure about his boss. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, it's a flash story. Now, if you are a lifetime comic book writer and that's the only job that you've ever had and you might think that's interesting, it's not. I don't want that story. I fucking well, live is, that story. This is the problem going all the way back to when in the eighties, when they originally married Spider Peter Parker to Mary Jane, it's because the writers got older and they wanted to tell stories that reflected their lives, and not realizing how they would break the character. And that's the same things happening here. I mean, every experiment can be tried, but I think that there's a certain point where we're like, this isn't working. You it know, really like, is shocking, and I, we do have to move on. The, they they can't do basics anymore. They won't do basic superhero stories. They will. Every story has to tear to, at the very fiber of all these characters. And it's exhausting. And it's not fun when it's all the time, every character. It's exhausting. There's so many, everything. The world is an existential crisis right now. Maybe just show these superheroes doing some good shit. Make this a fucking West Wing episode. Show really smart, capable people doing good with it. Yes, and also fun. Don't forget this is supposed to be fun. Yeah, no, and that's what I mean. Like, it's just, it's not fun. that's what Darwin used to tell us, right? Was that like... The, D, the thing that DC gets wrong about these characters is they should be smiling. Mm-hmm. Like, I, then if you look back at his books, if you look at New Frontier, they're almost, except for the really dramatic parts, they're always yeah. smiling. And, the, and yeah. think about the Flash in that book, right? That was super fun. It's the Flash. That's who the Flash should be. And anyway. and you know, like I'm not here to. I'm, I really I don't want to sound like a like a reader who's like, well, I don't like what you're doing. But I just feel like it's been so long, and it's just it's fundamentally wrong, and they keep digging. It's also emblematic of the problems way. at DC. Like they just keep doing this stuff yes. to their characters and it's not fun. And it's maybe not even like, you know, maybe this is the pitch that gets through given the, you know, maybe this, I'm guessing a lot of these aren't the stories that these writers would do, you yeah, know, given free reign, yeah, but know. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but just so, editorially, it's a mess. Ratings. It's a tough grade, tough rating, right? Rating on the flash 801. Because again, I think from a craft level, it was very strong. That's why I'm giving it a 2.75. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say the same thing. Are you going to stick with it? That's fair. No. I don't want to. (laughs) You are, though. I'm not. I was, I barely finished it. And that's the sickness we all have. I, I might look at one more. Listen, I read Wildcats this week. I'm going to hate it, but I might read it. I love The Flash. you're gonna and I love it. Max yeah. Mercury and he's in the opening scene. And I'm just you, like You love the Flash, which is the best reason not to I read know. this. I want to believe, Josh. I had that poster on the door. I know. I know you you did. He's not lying, people. He did. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Can confirm. That's how uh, uh every patron gets a vote the book at, vote to add a book to the rundown. And I'm just gonna we're so far over, I'm just gonna say <laughs> patreon.com slash iFanboy, iFanboy.thirdlist.com, iFanboy.com slash support, iFanboy.com slash Amazon. Uh, those are the primary ways to help the Patreon being the main one. And we thank everyone who helps to support the show. We have bills. I was just looking at our financials the other day. I was like, Ooh, Ooh, this has been a Connor's, Connor's computer month. and iPad are dying. Expensive. Yeah. Expensive year. And my iPad and my laptop are both deciding to die at the same time. 
anyway, we really do appreciate it. We, 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 every heartfelt thing we can say, we, 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 we mean. Yeah. Thanks. And it is, it is not lip service. Um, so the good news here is that after we do this, um, this patron power, Connor, you have your emails all picked out and ready for next week because <laughs> that's not happening today. So at the, at the, at the $5 or higher level on the Patreon, the Patreon, if you're that kind of patron who, who, you know, supports us in that level, you get a superpower live on the show. And Josh, is, you want, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? I, no, I will do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel like I haven't done it in a while. Okay. John Allen, who is either a furniture store maker. John Allen is the brother of Dave Allen. The bass player. Dave Allen is the bass player character <laughs> I used to play on Brock Band, I, the most boring guy in the band. His name was Dave Allen. He wore a black t-shirt. <laughs> And everyone else was like a glam rocker. And it was Dave just, just working the bass. This is really, that was deep. That's getting, that's that very was like, deep. like there's nothing, there's nothing, ago. there's nothing for anybody there. No, that was just for me Except and you. Except me. Yeah. That no, was that's just for fine. me and you and, and your wife who doesn't listen. And all right. I have, listen. I have a little, I have a, I have a little list here. And I'm trying to figure out uh, which one of these I, I think John Allen has. And it's not about randomly picking one. It's about saying, oh, no, this is what his power is. And what John Allen does is that he can cause hair to grow at an abnormal rate through touch. If anywhere, he touches anywhere, the hair. Is it, is it touch hair and it grows? Anywhere. And he's got control over it. So he can he can make it grow very fast or certain parts of it he can he could for example uh if you were if you had a hairy back or something like that he can he make could it put really his bad. hand there yeah no like terrible like just an abnormal unnatural but can he remove he it does have to touch it no i mean you cut the hair you cut the hair he can't make hair grow grow down he can only make it grow out yes yes and, and there's no there's there's almost no limit to sort of how far it can go you know mm-hmm. and i'm guessing i'm not saying it's it's painful, right. but I'm guessing that if he makes your chest hair grow for a really long time, it's at least unpleasant. Yeah, I'm just glad that the body stops the growth. You know, I'm just glad I don't sure. have to trim my chest like my head. Is that, I don't know if anybody at home understands, I'm not a hairy guy. So your chest hair doesn't just keep growing. No, it just, it doesn't just keep going. It's like, you know, the the DNA, I'm sure Ryan is, <laughs> is tearing his own hair out listening to this conversation, but the whatever, your body, just like the hair on like, your mm. arms or whatever, or your legs doesn't grow continuously. It just at some point it stops. Like it you just, know, I have you know, I have girl arms, right? I know you've got nothing. You're you're like a baby like seal. My thirteen year old son is getting armpit hair, and my wife looked at me. He's like, he's almost past you, and I was like, shut up. <laughs> it's just yeah. It, it just that that body hair reaches a certain point, and stops. Okay, so okay. Uh, you have. I, I mean, I you must grow- have pubic hair. Right? Whoa, pal. I'm just saying it stops at some point. It's not like Yeah, no, it's true. Well, so your body hair Yeah, I guess you're right. stops at some point and so I'm just glad I don't have to like constantly trim my chest hair. That's all. Yeah. I can grow a relatively manly beard. At least I have that going for me. So and John Allen could help you even make it manlier. He could. Can I don't he know fill in want... the patches or does it just No. Oh. No, I d- he cannot make hair grow where there are not follicles. But what if it's what if it No, but what if it's like you know, not as thick as the rest of the hair beard hair. Men's yeah, but that men's has to chins do- and, and and mustache tend to be thicker than the than the yeah. cheeks. Can he make the cheeks thicker? He can't make them thicker. He cannot create follicles where there are none. So he can make it longer there, which can give the illusion of filling that in a face comb over, if you will. Can he make the beard the gray go away? So I struggle with this. <laughs> I very much do not believe in covering oneself up 
for what you are. So, for example, I only hate it because uh, of the way it grows. I don't. It's not the color. Yeah, it's yeah. the. Oh yeah, I, yeah we yeah, talked yeah. about the Ryan. It grows straight, yeah. and so it looks like I'm. I, I'm like, you know, just fell off of a, a rail car. Sure. So the the uh, here, okay okay. So listen, I'm going to give you some beard tips. This is for everybody at home. Okay. Uh, and this comes from the fact I was talking about Connor about this is that like I've had a beard for like sixteen years or something. I haven't like been that. clean shaven in twenty years. And I and I don't. I realized recently like I have no idea what I'm supposed to do about it. But the fact is, with the gray hairs poking all over the place, and I have curly hair, it doesn't sort of go in one direction. It drives me insane yes. if it gets past a certain length. So every once in a while, I'm like, maybe I'll try to grow it out. And I don't make it anywhere, not because I can't do it, but because it pokes me and I hate it. So I thought, I bet there are things in the world that can make this easier. And I tried beard oil and whatever, and that didn't do anything. Um, but, uh, the balm does work if you wash it, like you wash and condition it if you want to, or, um, like that can soften it. And then when you towel dry it, then you can, you can use a little bit of balm to sort of hold it down and keep those flyaways from going. Yeah, all I have back, back during the pandemic lockdown, when I had mm -hmm. grew my crazy mountain man beard, I have, I bought all kinds of product, which I still right. have. I have shampoo, I have balm. I have all that stuff. I believe that I believe that in my case, because I like I think the beard oil is useless if you have a short beard, is my yeah. guess. And I think it just gives me ingrown hairs and I hate it. Uh uh I did see a thing though that you can reset your beard. You know how like at the end of the day, yeah, it's kind of pointing the wrong way and it's irritating. I think it's you funny that we said we didn't have time for the email section, but now we're doing ten minutes on beards, but that's good. Here we are. <laughs> I you know what? If I can, if one person comes to me and goes, actually, that's really helpful. Thank you. And then I, I feel like I've done the thing. Right. But if you take a hot towel, uh -huh. you know, wet hot towel, and you hold it against your beard for like a minute, that will reset it the same as like taking a shower, or doing whatever. Interesting. You can start that makes from sense. there. It gives it uh, heat yeah. and moisture. Yeah. I also said that if you're trying to make it not curly or whatever, um, I've read a bunch of things. Uh, if you use a little heat, like a hair dryer, then that actually helps. What too. I do is I take the iron and I just iron my face. Yeah. That, I mean, that's I, somewhat fraught. I go to the hospital a lot. And they're like, please stop ironing your face. And I'm like, I just, I'm trying to get the, <laughs> see, go, see the flyaways? I'm trying to get we, those up. Can we talk about this later? Because I'm in a great deal of pain. <laughs> and then you forget the whole part about how you got there. My cheeks are blistering. All right. Thanks, John, uh, for being a patron. Hopefully your uh, hair growth power serves you well. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. We skipped the emails because we had to talk about beards, but contact at iFanboy.com is how you can write in. You can also write in for our media Blood show. We just we just answered an email on the most recent show. Uh, so thanks to all those who do that. Quick plugs. A couple of weeks ago, we did our books blowed on the Death of Superman 30th anniversary edition. This has been Superman month, apparently. Unofficially, we didn't plan it, but it just sort of happened that way. That's a super fun conversation because it's about Superman. And then just behind this show on the feed, we had our media Blood show. It ended up being all about HBO. The cancellation of Winning Time spurred us to talk about HBO, where it is now, where it will be in the future, what, what what's it going to look like, you know, what's the history of it, and then we answered an email about our favorite all-time HBO show. So it ended up being an all-HBO episode. So even if you didn't watch Winning Time, there's a lot of interesting things talked about on that episode. And then this you October, should watch Winning Time. you should watch Winning Time, and if you didn't, you're the problem. And October is Toxplode Month, so I think Josh will have one of those. That's the plan. I have an idea to pitch you as soon as we stop recording. Yeah. Yeah, and then I of course I, I know my first choice is on it. So in just two weeks, what what is this? This is the first. Yeah. Yep, in two weeks is yeah, it makes sense. It's eight ninety eight. You moron. Uh, pick of the week number nine hundred live is happening. So our big episode nine hundred live. If you're a long time listener, you know we do all email show. 
We'll talk about the pick of the week. We'll talk about the patron pick. And then we'll do an all email show. After that, we usually go about three hours. So send in your emails. Lots of people have. And as we talked about last week, the little behind the scenes trick is the sooner you send it in, the more likely it is to get on the show because the later the show goes, the more we start skipping emails. So the people mm-hmm. who get it in the beginning have a much better chance of being on the show as opposed to people get it in right before the deadline ends because we're tired and we need to go home. So contact at fanboy.com, 900 in the subject line. Your deadline is end of day October 11th, which is the day before the show because they got to have time to compile the script and all that stuff. So you have the end of, end of day in Pacific time, October 11th to get your email in. And then the live show will be happening Thursday, October 12th at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll be live streaming it via YouTube. There'll be an embed on the website. Uh, there'll be links on our social. Well, maybe. there'll be a, No, there won't be because we don't really do that anymore. But there'll be a lot embed on the website. We will point to it. You'll be at youtube.com slash ifanboy. Uh, come on, come all, come hang out with us. You don't have to hang out for the entire three hours, but come on and say hi. I know I told Mike Romo today. He's excited. He's going to be in the chat room. So, um, Looking forward to it. Uh, episode 900. It's crazy. 900 weeks-ish in a row. I like that I would say a good 90% of the listeners are like, who the fuck is Mike Romo? <laughs> well, be a patron. You'll know. Uh, he's, he's a good friend of ours, and he used to write for the site, and uh, he's a character. He comes and hangs out on the happy hour sometimes. Yeah, it's a good time. With the patrons. You can find our library. Wait, wait, wait. You know who Mike Romo is? Ready? He's the best. <laughs> like, like... Like, if Superman was your friend, it, that's kind of what it's like to have Mike Romo as a friend. He's great. So our we have 900 of these shows, but over 1,300 shows in total. You can find them all over at ifanboy.com. You can find the entire list there. Also, the feed has them all there. You can find everything. Just go through the whole feed and listen to them all. If you can do it by October 12th, that'd be helpful. Follow us at ifanboycomics on Instagram. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And if my iPad doesn't totally die... You can find the best of the week in panels. And individually, we are C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram and Jay Flanagan on Instagram. Thank you. You can subscribe to youtube.com slash ifanboy where you will find all of our old video shows. Uh, and we post this show every week. Just today, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, it's always the same friend, by the way, that I talk to. I don't have a lot of comic book friends. And he was saying something. And I was like, hey, man, you, but you got to meet Stan Lee. And I was like, have you ever seen that show? And so I, I picked, I looked it up. And, uh, I mean, we say this every time, like I look young or whatever. You know who looks like a fucking baby? Ron Richards looks like a fucking baby in that. It's hilarious. Um, I mean, we, we, but, we interviewed him several times, but you're talking about the one we went to his office. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's like, you know, at that, I said at that point, that was the best day of my life. You know, like that was like, wow, I've really, we've made it, but whatever. But either way, uh, I just looked at that today and it's, it's just, it's so fun to just, uh, to this, like we talked about Stan a lot. We have very complicated feelings, but man, when you were in a room with him, uh, it, was, it was magic. He turns anyway, on the so Stan charm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, um, you could uh, if you like the show, you can uh, re-review or star rating depending on what you're on. Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Google's changing. It's going to YouTube. I don't know something. Or yeah, other. it's all getting screwed. Um, it's all messed up. You can. You They're can, constantly you tinkering do. with how podcasts are distributed, and it doesn't what help. Do you, what do you do? You're an, are you an Overcast person? I'm an Overcast Me? person. Yeah, I just use the app on the phone. No, no kidding. Apple yeah. Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, yeah. I, I stopped at some point, but now I don't remember why. Um, there's some of the things left over from the other script here, so I'm going to I'm gonna plow through. That's fine. Uh, this, uh, this was good. See, I think part of the reason that I kept talking a lot is no, that... No, it's fun. We missed each other, even though we just had the media yeah. explode. It's not the same. And uh, I had, we had a great time. Fun. Obviously, all of our old uh, buddies came back. Not all, but you know, Paul. That was a great show. I listened to... Oh! Oh! Hmm. 
I have a grievance, what? and I was going to do it last week when you were going to be on the show, but oh, you got no. sick. On the show with Paul, oh no, you implied that I came up with Star Wars Corner as a way to get away the Star Wars books, and that is not what happened. Yeah, that's true. It was a joke because we used to do War Corner all the time, and Ron right. was getting sick of us talking about Garth Ennis books because at the time he was doing a lot of war books. So we, we as a joke, started doing War Corner so Ron could check out. During the conversation, we ourselves, and then as a joke, a GI Joe corner, we started talking Star about corner. Star Wars books. Right. And we said Star Wars corner, and that's how that came about. So here's the deal: yeah. when you're not here, I get it. I get it. I, I just I know, need to foil. I just set the record straight. That's fine. That great show with Paul. Great show with Ryan. Great show. I, well, I was on a bit. Great show with Jim. Great show with Ryan again. And we all, you know, we we stepped up when you got sick, and that's okay. That's allowed to happen. Yeah. You're allowed I'm to get better, sick. by the way. People have said been really, people have been really like nice and care. Like I was quite sick for about four yeah. days, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like hospital. It sick. was really funny when Josh first tested positive. It was early in the week, and he's like, "No, it'll be fine. I'll still do the show." And I was like, "Okay." <clears throat> and then two days later, he's like, "I can't do the show." I was like, "Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got it better. I got it worse than almost anyone I know. Like it was bad. There was like four full days of I couldn't even. I couldn't watch TV. You have I to let people sleep. discover that on their own, though. They think they'll be fine. They just, it's just. Well, I felt fine when I said that. Yeah, yeah, no, you, I, I had it too. I felt fine for three days, and then I got really yeah. bad. So it's just I yeah. knew from the timing you weren't going to be ready for the show, and I was just going to let you find that for yourself. Yep. Well, I got through half the books, and then I got real sick, and I was like, I can't even read the rest. No, of you can't concentrate, can't do anything. Yeah. It's just terrible. Anyway, but you're but good. I'm, I'm, I'm all better. Everything's fine. Um, we'll cough to get rid of. And but now you're uh, almost certainly not going to be sick for episode nine hundred. So why would you fucking say that? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You have antibodies yeah. for a couple I, months. For that for that. That's true. Just stay inside for the next two weeks. I try. All right. This is fun. We went long, but we, we like talking to each other. And we like talking to you, even though you don't get to talk back. It's still a conversation. And we enjoyed it. And until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Am I mad about the flag? I don't think I'm mad about the flag. I'm disappointed. Yeah, disappointed. Yeah.